You ever think about what your job actually is or like what you want to be known for in the fitness space? Well, that's what we're talking about today. Today we're doing the elements, the four, what I'm considering the four basic elements of any successful personal trainer. Um, so we're going to jump into it. I'm going to keep it quick today, but I'm going to give you guys uh, my perspective. What has helped me build my gym up to what it is today is defining stuff, understanding what it is that I'm actually selling people, what it is that people are actually choosing to be a part of. So I'm going to start off by saying that if you call yourself a personal trainer, that's good, but you need to define what that is. You, didn't, you need to define what your service is outside of personal training. So why do I say that? Well, because saying that you're a personal trainer opens up, it's open for interpretation, meaning that if somebody else tried a bad trainer, somebody else had a bad experience, somebody thinks that you know personal training is just working people out, whatever their definition is of being a personal trainer could end up biting you in the butt because maybe that's not how you do it or what you do. Maybe the last trainer didn't get them results and you have a system that does get them results. So if you keep using the term personal trainer and you just stop it at that, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with using personal trainer. We use it all the time at my gym, Logic Fitness Studios in Culver City, California, in case you didn't know. Um, what we do at my gym is I, I try to define every part of everything. I want to know what it is I want to know how it is that we made it be that way. I want to know what people perceive it as. And what that helps me do is it helps me continue to grow the gym because it continues to give me perspective and feedback as to what it is that people are actually choosing when they choose our training services. And there's a couple of different things that go into this. And that's that's what I want to talk about today. Today we're talking about the four major elements of a personal training plan, a personal training program, your, or, or really a personal training brand or service. Service is the best word. Product and service is what I like to use um, because at the end of the day, you are providing a product or a service or a combination of both. So what is the product? What is the service? Well, the service is your coaching, right? That's the product. The product is you. They're buying you and your knowledge and your abilities and your motivation they're buying your service. Okay, cool. That's great. But what is that service? Can you define it? If I if I told you to write a sentence or a paragraph explaining what it is that you do right now, if I put you on the spot, which I've done in the past with trainers that I've interviewed or trainers that I've hired, it's one of the things I, I put them through. I say, hey, define your personal training. Tell me what you're about. And Everybody kind of just stares at me for a while and they do their best and they're like, you know, uh, something along the lines of I changed people's lives through fitness, you know, something like that. Um, train people one on one on fitness programs that get them results, right? Something like that. So that's cool, but that's generic as hell. You know, how generic is that? That looks like a copy paste thing that you found on Google. So what you want to do is you want to define it. You want to say, hey, I am a fitness professional who focuses on teaching people proper movement, teaching people habits that they can implement in their nutrition so that they have sustainable results. So once I get them results, I teach them how to keep the results. 
And what I do is I make sure that we train outside because I believe vitamin D and being in the outdoors, breathing, um, you know, cleaner oxygen or whatever also helps the lung capacity, which helps, you know, their muscle um, put out more energy and be more functional and more efficient. And, you know, now I'm just rambling on making stuff up. But you can see how I'm starting to kind of paint the picture to what what my service is, how I do it, what the experience is going to be, all this stuff. So people can start imagining it and they can start imagining being a part of it and they can figure out if what I do actually fixes their problem, right? Because I've seen personal trainers that are movement coaches and I've seen personal trainers that are CrossFit coaches and I've seen personal trainers that are powerlifting coaches. So they're all personal trainers, but like if I was trying to get muscular and aesthetic I might accidentally hire a personal trainer that is like a movement mobility type of coach, right? Which are super popular right now, which, you know, I think is super important. You know, like I give that, I give that knowledge and ability a lot of credit because it's super important in like proper fitness, but that's not the end of it. Like people, most people hire a personal trainer for results and teaching them how to move is part of getting to those results. But that isn't the end-all, be-all of the personal training, at least in my opinion. Unless, again, that's that's the whole point of today is like define it. Just define it so that there's no confusion. So you don't end up getting clients that want you to teach them how to bench press 300 pounds and you're over here doing shoulder mobility stuff. Again, shoulder mobility is part of a good bench press and a heavy bench press because you can't have a tight shoulder, an immobile shoulder, an unstable shoulder and try to bench press. So it's an element, but anyway, but also like that type of training is really good for somebody who needs to improve their movement or maybe older population rehab type of population that needs movement more than anything else. So today what I'm talking about is like defining your personal training, just define it. It's going to help you in the long run because it's going to help you target the right people, but it's also going to help them find you. And that's what you want at the end of the day is you don't want to be out here hunting people forever, even though that's where we all start. Eventually, you want people hunting you down, finding you, knowing that what you have is what they need because you've defined it. So the first aspect of like the elements of personal training is what I call them, right? Defining your personal training. I don't even know exactly what to call today, but you know, we're going to call it the elements of personal training slash defining your personal training. So what if like, this is one of the questions that I ask people, like defining your personal training starts with like, if you told me you're a personal trainer and I said, what's that? Then what would you say? Like, what if I was from a country that doesn't have personal trainers? How would you describe it then? You know, and then on top of that, how would you describe it as it pertains to you specifically, not just personal training in general, but like what it is that you provide? And that's going to start letting you know, like, what kind of value are you bringing to people? Once you start defining your training, it makes you powerful because it makes you realize how strong your brand is. It's going to make you realize how like viable your personal training is like it's going to make you realize are people really going to buy this if you just stay on the safe zone of personal training you're going to have 
you know, safe zone results, which are usually very average, usually below average, you know, personal trainers that don't do this. It's so funny. Personal trainers always wonder how the hell I guess this. Every time I meet a personal trainer that doesn't take these steps that we're going to talk about today, and it's almost everybody, I always say, oh, let me guess, you've never really been able to have more than seven clients. And, you know, I'm talking to you right now, too. Hey, let me guess, you've never had more than seven clients. Maybe at your best, maybe at your best, you had 10 clients. And everybody is always like, how do you know that? They're, they're like in awe that I can guess how many clients they've had. I'm like, tell me how many clients you have right now. And they always, and like, you know, it's funny. It's like, you actually probably only have three or four, but I'm trying to be nice and give you the seven to 10. But I know that it's not more than seven or 10 because to get beyond 10, you actually have to have a defined purpose, a defined service and product. You have to have certain skills you have to that we're going to talk about today some of these topics we're not going to get deep because the other day i got deep into these topics and i ended up going for an hour and i don't want to do that today so if you can listen to what i'm talking about today you're going to start to realize what makes somebody get beyond these little low numbers right what makes you actually be successful at this be actually be able to have a career in this so that's what that's how important today is so defining your service it's what is it how does it work and who is it for if you can kind of stick to those three things when you're defining your personal training you're going to have a lot you're going to have you're going to have something that's a little bit different, right? Because now you're going to realize what's important to you. And, and you're also going to define what your style is, right? Like, how, how do you get people results? Because you can't just say, I work them out. Or I can't, you can't just say, I do strength training with them, right? If you have to explain to me, again, right? I'm going to say them again so you remember and you write it down. What is it that you do? How is it that you achieve it? And who does it benefit the most? And if you can answer those three things, you're going to have a pretty good definition of what your personal training is about. Let's get into the next element, the experience slash environment that you provide people, meaning that what you do and how you do it doesn't necessarily dictate where you do it and how it feels and what it looks like. What does it sound like? Meaning... Do you change the environment? Do you want to use their home, right? Are you an in-home trainer? Meaning that the environment is the environment that they're used to. Do you accept their environment as it is or do you do something to change it? Do you bring certain equipment? Do you bring certain music, right? But like, is it part of your plan or is that not part of your plan? That's fine either way. But like, think about the experience. Are you a positive person? Are you um, a more serious person? Are you a hyped person? trainer or a technical trainer these are all okay are you a more reserved trainer trust me it it, it, this was one of my fears when i started i'm not one of these hoorah people um i'm kind of like sarcastic and sarcastic slash technical you know slash kind of like a meanie right like i'll tease you a little bit Um, I've become a little more motivational as time has gone on where I've learned like how to motivate people with my words. Um, But I do it my own way, right? I do it in, um, 
in a I'm in the trenches with you kind of way. You know, when it hurts, I don't say good job. I say, hey, I know it hurts. So I'm kind of like maybe more of a realistic type of trainer, right? I just, I state the obvious, like, you have to go through this to get what you want kind of stuff. So I'll say stuff like that. You know, I don't say, hey, great job. Keep it up. You're doing fantastic. Um, I say things more like, this is the grind. This is what we got to do to get what we want. You know, you got to find, you got to find joy in the pain, you know? So like, that's my style. Um, but that's kind of the experience of training with me, right? So part of my, the experience of training with me, as I've defined it is, you're going to be taken to a realistic place. I'm going to talk to you real. If your movement isn't that great, I'm going to tell you it's not that great. And I'm going to tell you why it's not that great, how we're going to fix it and why it's important that we fix it. So I'm kind of technical in that sense where like, I communicate to them what it is that we're going through, what it is that I'm seeing, right? That's another experience. If you train with me, I'm going to give you the info. Like, I'm going to let you see what I'm seeing, right? So I'll, I'll break it down for you. Um, so, yeah, so that's just my vibe, you know? Like, and, and then, like, that's just as it pertains to me. But as it pertains to the gym, the studio is built in a way that feels homey. So it has, it doesn't have brand new equipment. I mean, all the equipment's new, but not um, high tech, I guess is the better thing, right? So like we don't use super high tech stuff because it feels homey, um, but we keep it super clean. Uh, it's smaller. It's like meant to be private. So what happens is people who don't want to be in a big crowd love our gym, but some people love the big crowd. Like I don't need the crowds. So I'm cool with that too. Um, I play certain type of music, right? That's going to be better suited for the type of clients that we have and that we like um but i also have gone to gyms where like it's only hip-hop it's only rock it's um you know I've, I've i went somewhere once where it was a restaurant actually they played like gospel music you know and this was a restaurant for everybody but like they had a, like a gospel theme and you know what i appreciated that i was like you know what i remember this place now because the music was a little bit different you know like and it wasn't just that it was the whole vibe but i appreciated them like choosing this as part of their identity, part of their environment, part of their experience. Um, and I'm sure that it's just part of who they are. You know, they might not even do it on purpose. It's just like they're being true to who, who they are. So the experience and the environment, right? Like think about it like this, not just where you are, um, not how you put the trainings together, not not just how you talk, but also the feeling. What feeling do you want them to feel? Do you want them to feel loved? Do you want them to feel understood? Or is it important for you to have them feel pumped up and excited? Is it important for you to make them feel um, safe and comfortable, right? Like the feeling that you have them feel, you know, like you can, you can focus on that as part of the experience that you want people to have. And what all this does is it also helps people, again, like I said at the beginning of of today, right? The, the beginning of this podcast, what I said is this is going to help them figure out who you are and they're going to be drawn to you as well. So in the beginning, you define it so that you knew who to look for, but eventually they know who to look for. It switches and they know what they're looking for and they know what experience they're going to get and what service they're going to get because you've, you've defined what it's going to be. Um, and a lot of this just happens organically because you are who you are. And that's the cool thing about it is like every single individual is going to be a little bit different because of who they are. Like you are so different in yourself that that creates the difference in your training. But if you can think about it, you can be better because you can add or subtract or manipulate 
depending on like the results that you're getting or the results that you want to get. You know, like let's say that you're into heavy metal and like you want to play heavy metal, but then you realize like, well, that might not be the type of crowd that I want training because I don't know, people that are into heavy metal like to, I mean, these are just super generic, like stereotype type stuff that I'm talking about, right? So please take this with a grain of salt. Like these are just, you know, I don't know how to describe it, right? Because none of this is actually true. Everybody's such an individual and like, it doesn't have to be this way, but I'm just going to speak in generalities if I may. You know, maybe somebody who's into metal also likes to lift heavy, right? Like it's hardcore. It's, it's, it's pedal to the metal. Maybe, you know, I'm just saying maybe, um, but maybe you are better at rehabilitation with people over 60. So like maybe you wanted to have that be part of it, but it might not match. Now, maybe if you match it, you make something different, right? Again, that's what today's about. It's like, what's your own experience? So I'm not against it, but I'm just saying being aware of it allows you to figure certain things out that might be mismatched or things that might match better. Because again, this isn't just about you and how you want it. It's about the crowd that you're trying to draw and what they're about as well. So like finding the balance between all of that is where this is at. uh, The third element of your personal training service, right? Like defining it, the experience, the environment. But number three is the marketing and advertising. Uh Uh-oh, now it's not fun anymore. I know. Man, personal trainers, like most personal trainers can't, can't do this because like from this point on like the first two are fun the fitness and the experience and the music and like how you train like that's all fun this is where for me the real fun starts but for most people unfortunately this is where it ends and if you could make the flip and see it how I see it you're going to be way more successful at this marketing means how do you make them aware of your service because you are unknown you know how many trainers are better trainers than like me and I tell them this when I meet them I'm like you are better you're just not better at letting people know that you exist like they find me and they stick with me even though maybe if they found you they would choose you but they can't find you because you got no marketing going on right so of course I think that we have extremely quality personal training but I'm just saying like marketing is how do you, how the heck, ask yourself this question, how the heck is somebody going to find out about me? And don't tell me you're just going to post on Instagram because that ain't the reality. Do you guys know that I built a business that made, well, yeah, let's talk about when it happened. When I got to the point where the business was generating over $250,000 a year, I think we had like 400 followers or something like that. And like my Instagram had like less than that. That's how little this can matter. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. You can build an entire business on social. I'm just telling you the real deal. Like I didn't have to have people follow us on Instagram to sell them training because people still have to go to a website. People still need to find information. And at the end of the day, people are still going to come in for the service. So I could pick somebody up from the mall i can get them to go through the instagram but they also might find me on a yelp page they might find me on somebody else's website if i have like an affiliate um i might put out a flyer i might you know there's so many things i might do i might go door to door knocking on people trying to get phone numbers like giving them free classes like 
I don't know, you know, like this is where it gets creative. I don't want to get into this too much because I'm not going to give you some of my ideas either. You know what I'm saying? But because this is up to you, but marketing and advertising. So like everybody kind of goes the social route, but the social route is not for everybody. Like it wasn't for me, you know, even now I'm still trying to figure it out because I'm not one of these like influencer type of people. You know, I'm like behind the scenes, build a real business with real employees with like, you know, they know how to answer a phone call and, and do the interview and sign them up, you know, and like, I'll get a text message at the end of the day that says, hey, this woman, Joanne, came in today, she signed up for, you know, six months of training, which I could see in the account anyway, but like they update me. And that's cool. And that all happened without me having to post a picture of myself. It happened without me having to be in the gym doing it all, you know, and of course, I'm telling you this just to kind of talk to you about what can come after this. Not it's not for everybody. and Not everybody wants that responsibility. But I'm just saying like, it's not all social. Like there's so many ways I built my gym still talking about marketing and advertising. I built my gym in the beginning, strictly off of flyers that I made on Vistaprint. And actually, if I'm being totally honest, I didn't even have money to buy Vistaprint flyers in the beginning. I would print out black and white flyers and I would take, and if Sean's hearing this, he'll remember this. Shout out to Sean Tolentino. He was there in the beginning. He was my first hire. He's still with me now. I would I would print out black and white <laughs> copies because like I didn't even want to pay for the ink because like it's just I was broke, you know? And I would have him help me color these things with like highlighters <laughs> just to give them some pop because I was like, I don't want to give them a black and white sheet because they were going to ignore it. But I also don't want to spend money on printing color. So we would highlight these things. But let me tell you something, you guys, we got clients, we got clients from these sheets of paper. But you know what the key to flyering is? You got to hand them out face to face and that's what people don't want to do y'all want to leave flyers on the counter that might work man we've also gotten clients like that i'm not saying we didn't leave flyers on counters but the best leads came from face to face contact because you know no matter what you do in the beginning one of the best things you can do is just meet people and having a flyer or a coupon of some type right like some type of little deal it gives you an excuse to approach people and talk to them about your service so if i'm just giving away i don't know let's say something crazy i'm giving away five free training sessions with me which i wouldn't suggest doing but hey and at the same time if you if you're already at the bottom man what what do you got to lose you're better off training somebody for free than nobody so again take that for what you will you know um, I never give away five training sessions, but I'm not against the idea, especially if you have no clients. But let's say I have a free classes that I'm giving away. How, how Why would anybody be mad at me for walking up to them and offering them something for free? Now, they might be skeptical. They might ignore me. They might think I'm asking for money, which happened to us sometimes when we were passing out those flyers, um, which eventually we upgraded to fancy fancy Vistaprint flyers after a while. And now we do, you know, media, like social advertising and stuff like that. But, you know, you move up, you figure things out. But in the very beginning, we just needed a piece of paper. But you know what we had? We had hustle and we had the next topic. We had that too. And I'm going to leave that so you keep listening to the next topic. So we had we had some skills, man. But um, 
really it was just about hard work, man. In the beginning, it's just about numbers. It's about understanding funnels, like just, you know, make it big and wide and somebody's going to fall into that funnel, even if you just get lucky, you know. Um, But we built it off of that. So that's just an idea. You know, you can figure out how to make some flyers. They don't have to be expensive. Again, this is I'm talking about the beginning, man. Like this is when you're starting off when you're not that when you're not that good yet. Um, but you can also like put advertisements on other things, you know. A lot of people love doing the shirts. I've never really been into advertising on shirts, but people can do that. Again, like it's about wording, it's about naming, you know, like if if the name is too generic, then mo- most likely people aren't going to talk about it. They're not going to ask you about their shirt. They're not going to remember the name. So um, if it's too weird, they might not remember that it's a fitness brand, right? So it, it, it all, you know, like today is not about getting into the details of how to do this stuff because that, that, that requires studying. That requires time and effort. Um, but today is about making you aware that you also need the marketing, Number three, you need marketing. You got to figure out a way to get them to know about you. You know, a lot of people love word of mouth too. Um, That's great too. You know, I've never been too good at that. Um, And I think it's, you know, I talk to my clients and they're always like, well, you know, my, like, they're kind of jealous of me and the trainer. So like they kind of want the trainer to be their trainer, you know, so everybody's different. Everybody's different. We I mean, we get plenty of referrals, people love inviting people to come to our classes and to and to join our training. But but every once in a while, you also get people who kind of want to keep their lives private, they don't want to be telling people where they're training and who they're training with and knowing how much they're paying for their training. So it can it can, you know, you can get both. So word of mouth can work. Um, when you're broke, man, word of mouth is free, so I say you go for it. One word of advice, um, and this is just my personal opinion, don't rely on your family, you guys. I've never relied on signing up my friends, getting my friends to promote my product and service, my family joining. Um, I've seen trainers do that. I've hired trainers that try to get their families sign up. It it usually doesn't work. Um, and even if it does work, you guys, you got to have skills beyond that. You don't build a successful training business or of any kind, a business of any kind selling just your family. That's not how it works. Now I'm not saying you can't, that's fine. And if they support you, that's great. You know, I've had wonderful support for my family. They've believed in me. They've supported me. They helped me clean the gym. They helped me paint the walls in the gym. I mean, I am forever grateful to how much they've, um, They've supported it, but at the end of the day, I knew that if I was going to have enough clients to build my gym up to where I would need to hire help to help me train these people, I knew that wasn't going to happen getting my cousin and my two friends to sign up on training. Like, that's just not enough, you know? So whether, and though some friends have signed up, that's not what I'm, I'm banking my business on. That's all I'm saying. Don't bank your business on thinking that your friends, because just, just tell yourself this. Hey, my friends might not help me, so what's my next plan? And if they do, that's great. And if they don't, I'm ready. Just think about it like that. If they do, that's great. But if they don't, I'm ready. The problem is most people can't say that second part. I'm ready, right? So this is where skills come from. This is why I also suggest that most people start off training in a gym first, because the gym allows you to build these skills without taking in on all the risk like I learned how to sell in a gym I learned how to market in a gym which then led me to be promoted to be a manager which 
showed me the background stuff, how to train people. Now I had to train other people on what it was that I was doing. It helped me think about my process, right? Think about like, well, the stuff I get to talk to you about today, like all that came from that beginning of like getting promoted in a company and learning to think about systems because now I was responsible for teaching other people to have the results I was teaching, uh, um, that I was getting, sorry. So, you know, it, 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 it's been a long process, but I always think it's good to start there because you allow yourself to learn certain things. A lot of trainers that start on their own, um, so, you know, again, it goes back and forth. Some people figure it out right away, but a lot of people struggle on their own because they don't even know where to start. Like, where do I even get a client? What do I even do if somebody wants to try a training session? How much do I even charge them? Like so many questions you have because you you kind of didn't go into the, the, the environment of the gym that would have shown you and helped you and taught you all that. Now, the price of that is that you get paid less per session because you got to take a cut, but the, the, the knowledge that you get is like invaluable. Um, and you can still be super successful working for a company. Are you kidding me? Everybody always thinks you have to have your own thing to be successful. No, you don't. Some of us are better off working in the structure of a company. It makes us happier. It keeps us more engaged. It keeps us more accountable. Um, you know, we work better as a team and we need somebody to kind of point us in the right direction for us to be our best. Um, once you're your own boss, man, nobody tells you what to do. So you better know what you're doing. I've, I've told that to... Um, to Sean that I mentioned earlier and other trainers, I'm like, dude, you think being the boss is cool? Dude, you better know what you're doing because ain't nobody going to correct you. Nobody's going to point you in the right direction. Nobody's going to say, hey, make sure you do this today. Like you either know what you got to do today or you don't. So if you don't, you're going to be screwed. Let's move on. Final, final element that you need to have. You need to have a sales process. So let's say you have a great product. Um, people love the experience. You market it well enough that, hey, people are coming somehow, right? Like you figured something out, right? Maybe it's word of mouth. Maybe it's your flyers. Maybe it's your social media, right? You, you, you're getting the followers. They want to join your program. Cool. That's, man, congratulations if you even got that far. Um, do you know how to finish the loop? How do you get them to sign up on your plan, how do you get them to make that commitment? Some people might try the free sessions and not continue. You can say that it's because they're cheap or you can take responsibility and say it's because I don't know how to close the loop. That's why they call it closing, right? There's a difference between sales and closing. Closing means that you finalize the transaction. That they is there. It's as simple as this, you guys. Does money go from their account to your account at the end of the day for the services? And if that's not happening you're not closing the loop. You're still missing the final part, which is your sales. Sales. Okay, so what? what let, let, let's talk simply about sales. Sales is defined different ways by different people. It's one of the best ways to describe it is to transfer what you believe to somebody else, right? So if you really believe this is the best plan and you're able to have the other person agree with you that this is the best plan, they're going to do a transaction they're going to exchange money for goods right money for services if you don't do a good job at conveying what you believe or you convey what you subconsciously believe which is really most likely what's happening right if you don't truly believe in your product no matter how much you say that you do no matter how much you say that this is going to benefit them 
what you're going to transfer is you're going to transfer the belief, not the words, but the belief that you truly have. So, and, and, and you can't control this, you know, like one of the things that happened when Sean had started off and I had to call him out on it was I, I told him, I was like, when you're trying to pitch, you keep clicking the pen. He didn't even realize he was doing it. And I said, you clicking that pen lets me know that you're nervous, that you're anxious, that you're that you're worried, that you're not sure. I was like, you need to freaking get rid of the pen. And well, really, I said, you need to stop clicking the pen, man. And he was like, I didn't even notice that I was doing it. And once I called him out on it, he realized he was doing it. So he told me he just got rid of the pen. He's like, I don't even hold it so that I'm not even tempted to um, click it. But, you know, Sean's a smart guy. Um, So again, right, what are you really saying? That's really what I'm trying to say is like that example lets you know that like, because like Sean would tell me, he's like, no, man, I'm confident. I told him this, blah, 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 but they didn't buy because of blank, blank, blank. And I said, they didn't buy because they saw you freaking moving your foot, saying, um, clicking the pen, whatever it is that you were doing that really subconsciously let them know that you weren't down for this transaction, you know, um, like it, it comes down to what you believe, but also communication. Can you clearly communicate what it is that this plan is going to be and how it's going to work and why they should do it, what the benefits are going to be? All that stuff is part of it, right? That's why having a good script, right? Like writing it out so that you can work out the kinks is so important. Um, knowing what you're going to say when they say certain things, because, you know, in the beginning, you're not sure what they're going to say. But eventually, you're going to start realizing that they say that it's too expensive, that they're going to think about it, that they're going to talk to their spouse about it, right? Like, then you start what we call objectives. Like, and I'm using, I'm talking about it like this, because I'm assuming, like, maybe it's the first time you're ever hearing these terms. We call those objections, right? We call those, like, excuses, right? Things that they say, because they don't want to tell you that they just don't want to do it. So they come up, you know, and we, why do we know this to be true? Because we do it. We're like, oh, I'm going to come back. How many times have we told somebody, oh, you know, I'm just looking or, you know, yeah, yeah, let me come back, you know, later to buy it or whatever. And it's like, we don't come back to buy it for the most part. And when we say we're just looking, it's like, it's just too expensive, but I don't want to tell you it's too expensive. Um, So I'd rather say I'm just looking, right? So, or I'm going to come back later, whatever. So like, once you start understanding the patterns of what people say versus what they mean, you can change the way you communicate. That's what sales is about, is making adjustments to how you communicate so that the person doesn't feel the need to make those excuses, but instead feels the need and the desire to sign up on this. How do you make that happen? That's sales, you guys. That's sales. Not not forcing them to buy it. That's what people think sales is. That's stupid. What you want to do is you want them to be excited about it, not force them to buy it and not tell them to buy it and not tell them and keep repeating what the features are, right? Oh, well, like, this is going to be good for you because it's going to, you know, and you said that you wanted to be in shape and this is how you're going to do it, right? Like, that's not selling. Selling is you did such a great job at everything that they willingly want to sign up for this. They're asking you how much it is. They're asking you how to take a payment, which leads me to my final thing. Do you have a presentation? Let's say somebody says, yes, I'm interested what's the pitch? What's the pitch, you guys? What, what what plans do you have? Do you have a 10 session plan, a 20 session plan? Do you have a three month plan, six month plan, one year plan? Do you have a one time a week plan, a three time a week plan, a five time a week plan? Do you have a 30 minute session plan? Do you have a 90 minute session plan? Are your training sessions 45 minutes? You know, do you have a nutrition plan with it? Do you not? 
um, is, is the nutrition, does the nutrition add on cost more? How can I see that? How do I know what, what I'm choosing? How do I keep track of the sessions that I'm purchasing? How do I know that I'm actually purchasing 20 sessions versus just giving you money and hoping that you're honest? Do you have software to take the payment? Let's say I'm 60 years old. I don't have an Instagram. I don't have a Venmo account and I want to sign up for a year's worth of training and I'm going to swipe my credit card. I got myself a black card, which, you know, a lot of people haven't seen, but I got myself a black card and I'm ready to swipe this thing to sign up for a year of personal training three to four times a week with you. Okay. Are you ready? I'm talking to you right now as a client. I want to sign up for a year of personal training. Let's go. I got, I got to get back to work. I got two minutes. I just, I just came to sign up. Let's go. What do you do? Are you ready? I got two minutes. I'm busy. I got to get back to work. If you're stuttering, if you don't have paperwork, if you don't have a card reader, if you don't have, you know, uh, um, a system to put the card down, something maybe I could sign up through an email. Like there's so many different ways, right? Like that doesn't even matter how you do it. You could do Venmo if you wanted. Um, do you have a way to take this payment? Because people, like a lot of trainers think that they're just going to purchase like they're just going to sell one training session at a time and that's why you're struggling you know one session at a time five sessions at a time like that's rough man that's rough man it lets people fall out too soon if they just get discouraged one week if they miss a a week because they got sick they're going to fall off track and they don't have enough sessions to have to stay on that commitment you know like having large packages not only does it help you like manage your money better because you know that you have a certain amount of money and you you buy yourself time to get the next client and all that stuff but also it helps the individual stay committed to the plan so like when i pitch people i tell them you might as well do a long plan because you're gonna fall off like you always do and when you think you're gonna fall off you're gonna have those sessions to keep you accountable and they're like you know what you're right i do always quit and so if i bought six months that would make sure that I stick to it. I'm like, absolutely. Let's do it. Sign right here. Sign right here. And I'll see you Monday. You know, simple as that. Now, it sounds simple, but I know if you've tried to do it and you have no experience, you were nervous as hell taking that payment. You, you don't even know how to tell them what plan to sign up on. This isn't about being mean. I'm starting to just get all up on my high horse and act like I know what I'm talking about. You guys, this is about you. You need to understand that you also need to study sales, learn sales. If you want to learn it from me, that's great. I'm going to be talking about this stuff all the time. Like, that's what Gemtrepreneur is about, man. There's a reason why it's preneur, right? Entrepreneur, the business side of it. That's so important. Now, yeah, we're in the business of the gym. Yeah, but at the end of the day, the fitness stuff is just the service, man. Like, it's no different than if you had a car dealership, if you had um, a taco truck. Like, that's just the product. That's the service. You know, it has to be quality, yes. It has to be marketed, yes. But at the end of the day, the rules still apply. Like, how did the taco truck become popular? How do they take the payments? How do they make sure that you come back? It's all the same thing. And that's why the entrepreneurship side of it is the thing that I always want to talk about, the, the, the businessy side of it. Because at the end of the day, all you're doing, whether you work at a gym, 
whether you have 10 clients, 20 clients, 50 clients, 100 clients, whether you have one gym, two gyms, no gyms, you train at the park, you train at your apartment. At the end of the day, man, you're running your own little business or big business and you need to understand how it works, man. The same process that it took for me to get my first client is the same process to get to get my first 100 clients. It's just how fast can I do it? How efficient can I be? What kind of scale can I build it up to? What kind of help can I get? How much better are my flyers? How much better are my my advertising campaigns? How much better did I get at getting them to make a commitment? Right? So like I do improve. I make my funnels more efficient. I make my sales more efficient. I now train other people to sell how I sell. So now instead of me just selling, now I can have two sales going at the same time. Um, I define my service and I make sure that my trainers also service people the way I would service them. So what happens is I just multiply the same process and I make it more efficient, more streamlined, of course. Like when I started, I was paying like 4% per card swipe and now I'm down to like two percent and some people offer like zero whatever you know like i don't believe in anything being completely free but i just become more streamlined so that's that's why i'm such a believer in the business side of stuff you guys because that's going to be with you forever and it's going to be developed forever you know you just get better you just get better and better you get smarter you get craftier you get more experience you get faster at things um and then you're able to scale. You know, you, you become a teacher, you become a mentor. So many things happen along the way. So we're going to be talking about this for a long time. I'll talk to you guys soon.